Welcome to uh, Sunday's Finest Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Mason Paz. And I'm your other co-host, Jake Nagy. Jake, we've got a good show this uh, this week. Um, got some things to talk about. We'll talk about surprises, everything else. How are you feeling this week? You know what, Mason? 4-0 feels pretty dang good. Uh, I hope that each time we come back on the pod, we're still undefeated. I don't know if that's the case. It's a pretty competitive league, so I'm trying to enjoy it while it lasts. But, man, feels good to be on top. Yeah, you guys are sitting pretty, and the team looks good. It's performing well. It's it's not like you've been lucky. It's not like you've been Jackson last year, who uh, I think had the lowest points for and, and finished second in the league. You guys are uh, crushing matchups, but also putting up a lot of points, so I'm sure that feels good. Yeah, man. It, it actually, it is kind of funny. We we have the least points against, um, but we also have the most points for and have basically been hovering at about 140 points a week. So, I mean, we would have beaten every team last week, but we also have had some pretty easy matchups, which I know means I know means the fantasy gods will uh, be coming for Ryan and I, and we're probably going to lose like 199 to 198 this week. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, so far so good. How you feel yeah, about just, your uh, Just uh, get a week seven circled on your calendar because that's when, <laughs> when we play, and that's that's the matchup you're going to lose, 200 yeah. to 199. It's going to be heartbreaking. <laughs> I've already got it planned out. Everything's working in my yeah. favor. Um, my team's doing well. Um, on the up and up, I think, two and two. Things are, things are, I don't know, I've been like averaging about 120 a week, and I feel like that's all you can ask for. No powerhouse by any means, but obviously getting Melvin Gordon back is a big boost. Huge, so, huge, dude. Um, yeah, just uh, just things are looking up, and can only be happy about where I'm heading right now. Yeah, man. Thinking back to to better days when uh, we were chatting about Melvin Gordon for Matt Breida, and uh, <laughs> and I told Ryan no. <laughs> so yeah, yikes classic. on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's no way we could have known that he came back week three. That's just a total unknown. Um, but yeah, like I said, good show. Um, starting to fall into a rhythm. Uh, week four feels good. So we'll we'll. Uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, surprises, uh, thoughts about the last two weeks. Um, we're going to debut a couple new segments, um, yeah. talk about um, uh, teams that have overperformed versus underperformed, um, to do a little finger pointing and say, I told you so on some of our takes over the last few weeks. Um, and then on top of that, we will have uh, Trent Earps on the pod um, later on in the show. Uh, I know there's a lot of people looking forward to that, the numbers guru and the stats guy. Um, he's an awesome content um, creator, and yeah, can't wait to have him on. Yeah, man. The uh, influencer of Sunday's Finest, Mr. Trinerps. We are indeed excited to have him on. Uh, Mason, we, uh, like you said, we, we're now a couple weeks into the season. Things are, are not so much outliers. We're starting to see trends. Who, who are you backing so far? Who do you think, uh, who, you, who are you buying right now? What stock are you buying? Um, man. Um, it's hard because this is like you know for for one of the the first times um, I think in recent memory where teams that should be performing well are performing well and then yeah. teams that you know aren't performing well are actually pretty low in points for so there's not a whole lot of you know like hot takey things to look at um, but I think um, uh, people that I'm buying um, ones that may not be like super happy with how their team has done so far. Um, but have a lot to look forward to, I think, is uh, Trent and Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been solid so far, you know. I mean, like, had some low weeks there in the middle, but I think they're they're starting to round out. Um, they've got, you know, Zeke back full strength now after the 
after the lockout. And then, you know, you got to like their wide receivers. I mean, they don't have a wide receiver that I see anywhere less than uh, top 25. Um, you know, the only glaring hole is uh, is Jared Cook. But, I mean, who has a tight end in this league that they really like? Probably only like six or seven people. So. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. You'll, you'll, you'll rub that in our faces. What did you guys get him, like, like 13th round? Late, dude. Yeah, very yeah. late. And, you know, I, I got to be honest, I'm not really buying uh, Trent and Hunter right now. I, it's not my favorite take. Uh, I just – I don't know, man. We we so debated between Chubb and James Conner, and obviously Conner actually had a pretty solid week last week, but he was playing against a high school football team, the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, otherwise, dude's been – he's been eh. Zeke has been, I mean, not bad, but not great. 13, 20, 15, 16. I mean, that's, that's something you're looking for out of a, a high-end, you know, RB2, probably more than one of the top backs in the league. Yeah, but he'll be has, fine. I mean, yeah, yeah, what you want is consistency. He'll be fine. That's fair. That's fair. But I, I don't know, man. I Lockett is a, a surprise for me. I think that's somebody we weren't really buying as much. But, yeah, I don't know, man. This team's 2-2 two and two for a reason, in my opinion. I, I Maybe I'm just bitter because I was so gung-ho that they were going to dominate. And <laughs> I thought I, I was going to take that to the bank. But, uh, yeah, man, it hasn't, hasn't been as great of a start for them as they would have hoped. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll hear more of Trent's thoughts on that in a little bit. But uh, one team that I'm I'm definitely backing right now, and I know you know he is four zero, but I'm I'm backing Riley, man. When we came in with our our preseason rankings, I think we had Riley like ten or eleven. Um, and but we specifically said you know that this is a team that's probably not going to finish here. They're going to finish much higher or maybe even much lower than where we have, depending mm-hmm. on it, and how these guys shake out. And, dude, I just got to give props to Riley for a second on his drafting. Uh, Mason, Riley drafted uh, Leonard Fournette uh, in the second round. Do you know who was the next draft pick after that? Can you remember? Oh, man. Um, in the second round. So is it our second round or is it like like the yeah, second, second round, round of the draft? Our okay, second okay, round. Okay, okay. I see, I see, I see. Um, I don't know. It was... Uh, one David Montgomery. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's a big difference. <laughs> Very big difference. And honestly, Montgomery's not even like a bust yet, but uh, Montgomery has been outscored by Rex Burkhead and Wayne Gallman. So, mm-hmm. yeah, probably got a, a pretty solid pick for Nets RB9 right now. Then in the fourth round, Riley drafted Derrick Henry, who is currently RB8. You know who the pick was just before that. I'm going to say, oh, I don't know, mm, Cortland Sutton. It was not Cortland Sutton. It was actually <laughs> the same team. But, uh, yeah, Jackson took uh, one Tevin Coleman, who has six rushes so far this season. Oh, yeah. Now, now granted, there there's an injury there. He's been hurt for a little while, and you can't, you can't expect that. But, I mean, obviously, if uh, Jackson's looking back on it, I think he'd rather have Leonard Fournette and uh, – and, Derek Henry, then Tevin Coleman and David Montgomery. And honestly, at two and two, Jackson's not really he shouldn't be upset. He sure. uh, he's actually looking all right. But it just goes to show you, man, how taking risks on some of those guys who are falling down the board, both in the NFL and in fantasy football, I think can can pay off if they stay right. healthy. So far for Riley. Yeah. Uh, off big time. Yeah, looking at the preseason pod, we had him at um, both of us not very high. I think I want to say, yeah, look right here has uh, at nine. I had him at uh, eight. You had him at nine. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, he's 
storming right out of the gates, second only on points four right now. So big props yeah. to Riley. Um, yeah. yeah, so so good for him. So we talked about um, you know who's who we think has kind of underperformed, who we're backing right now, um, or maybe not underperformed, but just you know yeah, who who we're in support of right now. Yeah. Um, and who do you think uh, that you're that you're not backing? Who do you think has uh, kind of overperformed, or who do you think is uh, kind of due for a little bit of a downturn? Yeah, I I definitely say my my bet to to start to regress is Madison Ladder, and um, that's not just because we're playing him this week. Uh, mm. Hopefully, I, I don't have a case mm. of the Stefan Albiero here and mm-hmm. talk take a smack and then take an L. But uh, sounds but like yeah. you're feeling pretty confident. <laughs> I'm not going to go as far as to say it's an automatic dub, like Steph said. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I think Madison's team uh, maybe isn't as good as uh, the 3-1 and one record says they are. Um, the other team that is 3-1, Jacob and Zach, is definitely a team who I think has got a good, solid core. But, yeah, looking at Madison's squad, I'm not really buying it. I think, uh, you know, James White at RB2, dude had only one rush last week. He's basically another wide receiver. Which is pretty good, if you ask me, yeah. having a wide receiver play running back. I guess, but I mean, Juju uh, is currently the 39th ranked wide receiver in fantasy football. Yeah, I mean, dude, I he's got that. a he's got a blind squirrel throwing him the football most of the pretty time. Much, yeah. Delaney Walker, yikes! One catch for four yards last week. I mean, the fact that he's three and one with performances like that. I don't know, man. Golden Tate sliding in at the flex. Landry's probably hurt. I don't know, man. Not a team. Not a team I'm real hyped about. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he comes out and whoops us this week. But uh, yeah, I'm not not real big on Madison squad. Yeah, that's fair. I honestly, I mean, wow. I, I, it's funny how we can, you know, look at a, a team and see totally totally different things. But I kind of looked <laughs> at it and was like, you know, there's not a whole lot to get like super excited about and say, man, this guy's really overperforming or like this was a super good draft pick. I, other than Cooper Cup, I mean, he's been he's been awesome. Just looks like a total yeah. athlete out there. Um, but, but yeah, I kind of looked at his team and was just like, you know, kind of solid across the board. Um, not a lot of guys that I'm super down on, not a lot of guys that I'm super high on. And so I think like three and one for the points that he's put up seems pretty solid. Um, so yeah, a little little differing opinion there. Um, I'll I'll back Madison. I don't know if he's going to be the guy (laughs) who beat you guys in a, in a shootout, but I think he's certainly, uh, doing all right for himself. Um, for my end of things, um, I think the person that I think is a, due for a bit of a, a downturn is uh, is the um, last pod's guest, and that's uh, Stefan Albiero. I'm going to yes. ask you a question, Jake. You ready for this? Yeah, I am. How much do you think Eckler has been a factor for Steph, just on a percentage scale? Like how, how good or like how much of, of Steph's fantasy production do you think Eckler has been a part of? Oh, man uh a bit <laughs> yeah a bit uh, yeah i mean it's hard to say you're R- he's hovering around rb1 rb2 right now i'd probably say 15 20% yeah 15 20% so 22% of the fantasy points that stefan wow. albiero has put up so far this season have been because of austin Eckler. he's wow. been amazing nothing short of amazing but you have to imagine. I mean, he's averaging, I think, uh, 26 or 27 points a game right now. You have to imagine that cuts at least in half, like about yeah. in half, when Melvin Gordon comes up to a full workload. And you're telling me that you're dropping 11% of the fantasy points that you've scored so far? That would put Steph up from where he is now down to 
the third lowest points for mm. in the league. Mm. Um, and so I think that when, you know, you're, he's essentially losing his best player and replacing him with, you know, a low end RB two flex kind of guy once Melvin Gordon gets fully up to speed and man, that's a lot of production lost. Mm. And so I don't know if it happens this week as Melvin Gordon, like is, is, you know, like being, um, eased back in, but I think like he's due for a downturn because of that. Um, yeah. yeah, I'll say when when you first said you weren't buying stuff, I thought the route you were going was going to be Devontae Adams is out a couple weeks, you know, Damian Williams has had some injury problems, that kind of stuff. I actually thought it was a pretty pretty solid move for Steph to go out and um and pick up Geronimo Allison because I think he'll have a pretty major uptick in targets with Devontae Adams out, but yeah, man, that is that is a bigger going to leave a bigger hole in his lineup right. than I would have imagined. And uh, I think even looking at his squad, they already, I mean, Mark Andrews has been absolutely dominant, but can he keep that up all season? I don't mm-hmm. know. And yeah. we were talking to Steph last time. He just posted 24 and 25. And since then, Andrews has only posted 17 in two weeks combined. So mm-hmm. yeah, I can, I can see where you're coming from a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah, man. Um, I, I will say there's, one one more thought while we're kind of on this sure. overperforming underperforming thing. Um, I was really thinking about uh, this week how much uh, having uh, Mahomes and then I'd say for J- Jacob and Zach having Lamar Jackson just what a, a bedrock that is for your team having mm-hmm. consistent twenty five points every single week. Yeah, man, it is honestly so risky investing draft capital at the top of the draft on a QB man. It is so mm-hmm. risky. Uh, I was, <laughs> I was looking back at the draft order and who was picked at what point compared to where QBs have shaken out actually in points so far. Baker Mayfield was the fifth quarterback drafted. Aaron Rodgers was the sixth quarterback drafted. Again, this is maybe why I'm not buying Madison as much. Rodgers is the sixth QB drafted. There are four QBs who went undrafted and are ahead of both of them. Matt Stafford, Marcus Mariota, Jacoby Brissett, and Gardner Minshew have both Gardner Minshew <laughs> have outscored yeah. Baker and Aaron Rodgers. And when you can pick up a guy who is the backup sixth round draft pick on the Jacksonville Jaguars off of waivers and stick him in your lineup, and he's going to outscore a guy that you took as a fifth or sixth QB off the board, man, that can really uh, can really gut your team. And uh, obviously, neither of us were super high on on Andrew's squad, but. Uh, Baker is sitting at QB 23. When you draft him as the fifth QB off the board, that's pretty rough, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's why, I mean, I think, you know, there's a lot of things that we disagree with, like, you know, the 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 major sports analysts about or fantasy sports analysts, but I think that that's one that I can just hop on board with just about every year is that unless their name is Patrick Mahomes or, you know, I don't, I don't even know who even after that, maybe Deshaun Watson, like unless those are their names, like I'm not gonna go any higher than round six for a QB because yeah, I mean there's there's just too much potential for just randos, total randos to outplay the guys that you're taking at those high positions when you could be getting other players. Yeah. Um. So thinking about um like just the takes that we've been making since the beginning of the season, we obviously go out on a limb here. Um. A lot of times. Um. I think that this has been a experience for us because we've had to eat our words quite a bit um, <laughs> and then also get to point the finger and say, I told you so. So this is a debuting a new segment for us. 
um, and that is just by that exact name is I told you so is a, is a point in the pod where we will get to look each other right in the eyes and say I said this you disagreed with me you were wrong I was right just a little ego stroke for both of us um, so I'll let you uh, take it away and just tell me about why I was wrong alright here it is our new segment I told you so Number one, Mason Potts, I told you that I was not a believer in one Chase Darce, and you asked me, why do you hate Chase? And uh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't hate Chase as a person. His group me contributions are something that literally every single day bring a laugh and a smile to my face. But I thought his squad was overrated, and I told you so. He is 0-4. He is the worst team in Sunday's finest. Dude has not cracked 400 points for. Um, yikes. Uh, yeah. yeah. I told you so. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I'm looking at his squad right now. And yeah, there's, I mean, even the guys that I thought were going to be bedrocks in this squad, like Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is tight end number eight right now in a position that's pretty shallow. And then beyond that, man, it's just, oh, it's a desert. Uh, you kind of got to like Sterling Shepard. He's been performing well. And, and and there's a lot there that uh that you like in Daniel Jones, but yeah, I mean I'll I'll take that one right on the chin because you definitely did. You you told me that one. Yeah, it is rough when you lose your your keeper to injury early on. So condolences to Chase on that. Um, losing Tyreek definitely hurts, but uh, yeah, man, I I wasn't a fan, and I'm feeling pretty vindicated in that. My uh, my other I told you so, Mason, is we had a little had a little debate between uh, Keenan Allen and Andrew or Adam Thielen. And uh, you were telling me why Thielen was your guy, and I was trying to tell you why Keenan Allen was my guy. And I would just like the record to state the wide receiver one currently is one Keenan Allen. And at wide receiver 38 is Adam Thielen. So, yeah, I'm feeling feeling pretty good about uh, that hot take as well, Mason. Yeah, that's, a, that's a one you can have a, a smug grin for because, man, was I wrong by a mile. Um, <laughs> still four weeks in, still can see a lot change. But when you have your number one wide receiver telling your quarterback that he could, <laughs> his wife could play better football than he is, I think that that means that something's wrong with the offense. Yeah. And there's something wrong with the offense in Minnesota. And thus, my take on Adam Thielen being the higher scoring Keenan Allen or the higher scoring player other than Keenan over Keenan Allen um, over the first four weeks, yeah, it was wrong. Yeah, I mean Kirk Cousins went to Michigan State, so you know. Not exactly the sharpest guy you've ever met. I can understand why he's struggling to adapt to this offense. Just had to take a little jab there. Now, Mason, you tell me, why am I, uh, why am I sitting here? Why do I need to be told I told you so? Yeah, I'm going to put a little egg on your face, too. Don't worry about it. Um, so I'm going to ask you something. Okay, here we go. Rex Burkhead, Ronald Jones, and Frank Gore. What do the, these running backs all have in common? <laughs> I don't know, man. They are currently ranked higher than Miles Sanders. Um, <laughs> now, I, and, and, and one of those wasn't even drafted, and that was Frank Gore. Now, I, I mean, there's still a lot of season to play out, and I don't think that anybody took Miles Sanders on the idea that he would be a workhorse back straight out of the gate. But do you remember who scored three running back touchdowns for the Eagles this last Thursday? Yeah, it was Jordan Howard, believe me, I was watching. Oh, yeah, exactly. And that's not to say that Miles Sanders isn't a good football player or that he's like a bad pick week to week. I think he's gotten you guys, what, 10 points every week or something like that. 
Pretty but much. yeah, it's a he's a he's a Doug Peterson running back, and I said from the beginning that you know um, that a Doug Peterson running back is not something that I want to be a part of, and so far I think I get to say I told you so. All right, all right. Um, one other question, and this is one that I'm also gonna to eat a little bit later too. It's kind of uh, speaking out of both sides of my mouth here too. But uh, do you remember where I had Connor in the preseason? Oh man, low. Like, um, no, actually, no, no, no. I had him really low. You had yeah. him. Oh, okay. I see yeah. where you're going. <laughs> so I, I had him. I didn't. I still did not believe totally in in the Connor Pause train. But I remember. I specifically remember you had him down mm-hmm. at number twelve, and I had him up as high as eight. And I remember myself saying, you know, I'm making this rank, even though I don't like his team, on the strength of the owner. And we'll get into this a little bit later. But yeah. man, we I think we can all agree that uh, Connor pulled off a blockbuster trade and got another keepable person in Michael Thomas, yeah. and he's two and two right now. He's sitting two and two, sitting pretty, and his team is is looking up. It's not the strongest team in the field, but I think that you know strength of the owner, he's improving, yeah. and it's because of the moves that he's made. So I think there I get to say I told you so. Yeah, you you literally did. You specifically said that you weren't a huge fan of his squad, but he would make some good moves and. I think we both believe he he has made some good moves. And speaking of that, Mason, um, we uh, we're gonna talk a little bit more about Connor's squad. This is a new segment we're gonna call Humble Pie. And uh, we gotta humble ourselves and admit we were wrong. And so you you both were right about Connor and a little bit wrong about Connor. Why are you eating humble pie today, Mason? Yeah, so I was right about Connor in the preseason, and that's what I, I should have just stuck with that. I should have just stuck with my gut and known that he had he would make a move. But but as I uh, as I watched him during the rehearsal dinner, as I was giving my toast, I think that I get I got the notification that the trade went through, which shows where Connor's attention was during the rehearsal dinner. Um, but since that moment, since he made that trade, um, he is uh, two and two, not zero oh and four, which is what I predicted that he would be. That was my hot take in the last pod. And uh, not only did I get it wrong, but I also got 140 hung on me by him um, the week after I said that I would beat him. So that's my humble pie that I'm uh, getting a big old helping of right now. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, man, my uh, my humble pie is definitely uh, the fact that I thought Trent and Hunter were close to unbeatable and they are beatable. <laughs> um, yeah, they've, they've had a couple of just duds uh, so far this season and. I just, I, that was nowhere on my radar, man. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at it, uh, Matt Ryan's like QB 10, James Conner and Zeke are, you know, top 12 running backs. Their wide receivers are top 12. But most of those guys have had one monster game, mm-hmm. like just one game where they absolutely dominated and otherwise have been like pretty weak, man. Pretty um, average, they only, yeah. They posted 81 week one. I mean, it, it just like it's hard when you're looking at it that fluctuates back and forth so much. I thought that they would be a stable of consistency, and they have not been. Um, so I'm definitely eating some humble pie in that. I I was they were a Super Bowl lock in my mind, and, mm-hmm. and maybe they still get there and uh, and that comes to fruition. But so far, man, I'm feeling a little humbled by them. And yeah, we'll have to hear how Trent plans to uh, to to make me look like a genius after all. Maybe later. <laughs> later sure. On. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, 
But yeah, man, uh, that's what I'm eating so far. Yeah, I think I'm eating that one too. And then and you got to think of it like a, a good comparison to them right now, so far at least. Could be the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, mm. like Rams, obviously, Super Bowl pick last year. Like, yeah. not much change on their team, just looked super good. And it's safe to say that, you know, they still look good, but there's some problems. And I think that that's yeah. kind of the 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 like for like that you get with Trenton Hunter here is that you know I said that I was backing them earlier but yeah they definitely look weaker than I thought they did too and I had them up at number one as well and and yeah they've been pretty beatable they've been pretty average um, although I do think I like their chances to move up going forward yeah man if you told me that uh, the Rams would throw the ball sixty eight times score over forty points and that Brandon Cooks would still only finish with thirteen fantasy points. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I would uh, have a hard time believing that. But that was the case last week. And, yeah, I think both for Cooks and uh, and their squad overall, that's a pretty pretty fair comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Good word. All right. Um, well, why don't we uh, move on to the next part of the pod? Um, a staple of our league is trades. Um, it's something mm-hmm. that um, everyone enjoys uh, seeing or taking part in, some more than others. But it's also fun to analyze them. And so right now, um, the the deals that we've seen so far in the season, I think we're going to have a little bit word, um, both of us, on whether we like to trade, who we like it for, and then also if it's, you know, like I think I, the ideal trade is good for both sides. Um, so we'll start with the, the, the lower level trades and move up to the big blockbusters. Um, first on the docket, Jake, you want to tell us what it is? Yeah, it is Jake Davis sending Alexander Madison to Riley for Ty Montgomery. <laughs> Uh, this is the definition of a nothing trade. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's too much more to add on that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, yeah, a, it's it, a good trade, though. They swapped handcuffs, and you want to have your own handcuffs. So, honestly, like, this is, like, it's a tiny little trade that doesn't mean anything. But it's also, I think, just, like, the the blueprint for the, the, the best trade possible, which is beneficial for both parties, and both parties walk away with a smile on their face. So... Good job by them, but yes, it was basically trading a penny for a penny. Yeah, I actually, Mason, I, I didn't even realize that this trade had gone through earlier today. <laughs> but um, Alex, apparently, even since we I've been prepping for this uh, podcast, has traded Daryl Williams to Stefan for Will Fuller. I'd say that's probably another move that makes sense. Obviously, um, Steph would love to have Daryl Williams already having Damian Williams, so he's kind of got a bit of a cuff uh, for his running back there in Kansas City. But Darrell Williams probably ain't going to do much this week. Makes sense for Steph. Voller, um, Alex is looking for all the help you can get right now. So that's probably yeah. another example of a, a trade that is small but um, helps both teams out. Yeah, yeah. Alex is pretty much looking for anybody with a pulse right now. So <laughs> Will, Will Fuller has a pulse, and he plays football for an NFL team, so Alex likes him. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Um, so next trade um, was one that I was involved in. Um, give me your take on this. It was Nelson Aguilar um, to Alex for Adrian Peterson. Yeah, man. Um, well, I'm actually <laughs> I'm going to use this as an opportunity to uh, to give out a blue ribbon. And uh, this blue ribbon goes to Alex Lott because Alex bid $17 on both Nelson Aguilar and uh, Demarcus Robinson. <laughs> and he got neither of them. $17, which is a lot. Yeah. yeah. Like a third of your path got neither of them. Then he trades for Aguilar, starts him this week, and Aguilar gets zero points. And <laughs> if he had started Cole Beasley, which is the next trade we're going to talk about, he would have won his game. I mean, it just oh, like man. a comedy of 
of errors that are outside of his control. And yeah. I'm just hurting for the guy, man. But yeah, yeah. He, he needs a win right about now. This is yeah. uh this is tough. We don't want to kick him while he's down, but that's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> Alex, man. I gotta say, Mason probably, uh, yeah, he avoided the goose egg on Nelson Aguilar, but sure. But I also started AP, and he got me like three points. So I yeah. think we, yeah, we gave, gave each other nothing for nothing. It's another crappy trade that'll do. I mean, it won't have any effect on how the season ends. Yeah, yeah. We mentioned uh, this. Uh, Jake Davis traded Cole Beasley to Alex for uh, Justin Jackson. Um, this is probably one of the last more seemingly insignificant moves. Beasley's honestly a decent flex player right now. And with Melvin coming back, Justin Jackson has pretty much next to no value. So I, I will hand that one to, to Alex Lott. Sure. Yeah. And I think the reason I think he said in the group, me, the reason he traded for Justin Jackson was that so that he could play him against the dolphins. Cause backup running backs do well against the dolphins. Yeah. And then and... he showed up to practice with a boot on his leg and was out. <laughs> So, yeah, I think, I mean, I think Alex gets the dub there. Cole Beasley's usable, and it's just a bad break for Jake Davis. There's no way he would have known that. Like, I mean, there's no way that he can predict that, right? So Cole Beasley's usable if you actually use him, that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Man. All right, we're going to change directions and move away from uh, whipping Alex for now. Um, and we'll talk about another of uh, my trades, and, and that's um, one where I sent Greg Olson. Paul Richardson, and Ito Smith to Andrew for Hunter Henry and DJ Moore. What's your take on this one? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, I mean, five pieces to this trade. This is one of the the bigger trades. I think every other deal has been one for one uh, or maybe two for two. Actually, I guess there's one more that was kind of a two for three trade. But, uh, yeah, I think at the end of the day, a lot of this is flopping, flipping DJ Moore and Greg Olson. You've got Travis Kelsey. You're probably not going to be playing Greg Olson, who's posting good numbers. Andrew desperately needed a tight end because Hunter Henry had tore his ACL. So, yeah, this this deal makes sense to me. I think it it probably helps you both. Um, what was kind of your thought process as you made this trade? Yeah, I mean, it's a need trade for Andrew, and we could kind of like toss a lot of the ideas back and forth on Greg Olson. I was actually a terrible trade partner and kind of dragged Andrew through the mud a little bit, and so um not that was a that was a, a bad showing by me but we finally got around and got it done and I think it's just you know like a, even though he had a bad week this week I think Greg Olson is still you know top 10 top 12 tight end going forward which you like which like Andrew is basically scraping the bottom of the barrel starting nobody um and then yeah I mean I think like even though DJ Moore hasn't done super well since uh uh what's his name freaking the guy in Carolina got under center I can't even think of his name right now Oh yeah, the kid from the uh, the Play Sixty commercial, Kyle. Yeah, Allen. yeah that guy. That guy. <laughs> um, yeah. So ever since a uh, little kid from Play Sixty got in, he hasn't done super well. But you still like DJ Moore season long when Cam Newton comes back is like a I don't know top twenty five, top thirty guy. Um, and I think the thing it hinges on is um, if Hunter Henry comes back and is anything special. You know, he was out four to six weeks um and we're heading up on i think like two of those weeks and i obviously like don't need him right now but if he comes back and starts doing well then that's a trade chip for me so i think it's a win on both ends because andrew gets the help that he needs now um but like i said if hunter henry comes back and starts playing well it might be something that i'm feeling pretty good about later on for sure for sure man well, our next trade uh, actually involves a guy who in the coming hours and days might be traded in real life, and uh, that is Stefan Diggs. John Thompson traded Stefan Diggs in AP 
to Alex for Carlos Hyde, Marvin Jones, and Darren. I am the Walrus Waller. Mm-hmm. Mason, what's your take on this trade? Yeah, I mean, this was obviously, I, I think at least, uh, this was a while ago, so I think my my understanding of it was an attempt for Alex to A, sell high on Darren Waller yeah, um, because of his good first week, and then B, um, he didn't need him because he has uh, Evan Ingram um, yeah. to get wide receiver help and then like also just a bi-week fill-in guy for running back. Um, but man, I think this is one where Alex kind of ends up with a little egg on his face because... Marvin Jones has kind of proven himself as like a flex guy ish. And he's like a little boomer bust, depending on if he catches touchdowns, but like he's, he's usable. And then uh, Darren Waller is somebody that you could slot in your flex and feel good about playing. Like it doesn't matter if you have two tight ends playing, like he's a guy who's gotten what, like 14 points every week or something like that. Yeah. Um, and that was all for pretty much Stefan Diggs, who has been inconsistent at best. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm gonna have to say the same. You know, so much fantasy football is trying to decide when to sell your sell, when to sell your stock. If it's high, you know, cash in on it now. But uh, I think that that's part of the problem with some of our um, more trade trigger happy owners is that sometimes they sell a guy who actually is pretty good. And again, I, I can't blame uh, Alex for trading Waller. He's already got a really solid tight end. I think Ingram's tight end number one right now. So. No hating on that whatsoever, but yeah, it definitely stings when Diggs doesn't give you the return that you're you're hoping for. I mean, it makes sense. Sell Waller, sell Waller while he's high, pick up Diggs while he's low, but their trends have actually kind of maintained a bit. And then, mm-hmm. not to keep beating a dead horse, but he also picked up AP, who he then traded for Aguilar, and yeah, now we're just we're back to. We're back to previous jokes, but <laughs> yeah, square one. We're gonna have to send Alex like a box of chocolates or some flowers after this. Spot. Yeah, a condolence oh, card from Hallmark or something. But uh, sure, sure. yeah, no, no, no. But, but I think like moving forward, I I still could see like a lot of value coming for Alex out of this because yeah. you know like the old saying like the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Like obviously Diggs isn't happy with his usage, and then he went out and got what seven for one hundred eight this week against yeah. the bears like that's the, like probably the best defense they're going to play all year and so like you have to imagine that he's probably trending upward and i think the hate on Diggs has gone too far um i think he'll you know kind of continue his trend of being really good one week not so good the next week but you have to imagine the vikings start throwing it more and as bad as kirk cousins has looked this year you have to imagine that he looks better too because he's he, yeah. i mean like Can't he was a good much. quarterback two years ago yeah for sure uh okay speaking of alex we're down to our, our final two trades alex trades todd Gurley. And Aaron Jones for Alvin Kamara and Calvin Ridley. Mason, this is blockbuster material. What do you make of this deal? Yeah, this is pretty big stuff. Um, I was I was surprised to see them pull the trigger on this because this is a pretty early time to start moving keepers around. But man, they're just going yeah. for it. I like it. Um, I think I think there's like like stuff to like about both sides, honestly. Yeah. Um, it's one that's fresh and it's new, so I mean, there's there's it remains to be seen. But I think, like I said to Alex, it's good for him for long term because I think Alvin Kamara is you know about one of the safest keepers in the game right now. Yeah. Um. So you, you you can't imagine that Alex is giving up yet, but like starting on four does not make you feel good about your playoff chances, and so he just gets right ahead ahead and gets Alvin Kamara, um, and like is secure for next year, which is a nice thing. Um, on John's side, I, I mean, he's got three, like 
RB1, RB2 type guys now. And I think that that's like a pretty good place to be too, especially for future trades because obviously running backs are scarce. Um, so there's things to like about both sides here. What are your thoughts? Yeah, man, I, I've kind of flip-flopped a bit. I think you make a pretty compelling case for each of them. Um, I'd have to say, like, though, I think at the end of the day, positionally where they're sitting, the biggest winner is definitely Alex. Um, to be able to pick up a guy like Kamara, is, you know, as you mentioned, is one of the safest keepers. Yeah, and I don't know you do. you got to start thinking about a little bit about next year. But I, I don't think this is him throwing in the towel at all. Like, um, I'm looking at John's team, and I just – I don't know. Like, I, I guess I kind of see where he's coming from, um, being able to have three really solid, like you said, RB1, RB2 type guys. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, right now you can only start so many guys. He's got Gurley and Jones in because Carrion's on by. But, uh, but man, I just – I don't know. I, I think Gurley and Jones just have, are both so volatile still. Um, Gurley week to week, it's like – they're clearly hiding something. Something's going on there. It's just not a normal situation. And Aaron Jones, I mean, I, I'd even been looking and trying to get Aaron Jones off of uh, Alex's hands, um, and and he he's not not giving him up easily. And obviously got a great haul for him in return. But dude, the guy has 23 rushes combined the last two weeks. I mean, mm -hmm. that's that's not really what you're looking for. He's got three touchdowns. Yeah. But uh, week three, man, he had 19 rushing yards. Yeah. 19. I mean, if you don't if you don't get those goal line carries, I don't know. I think uh, I think Alex might have gotten away with uh, a pretty solid uh, pretty solid return there for what he gave up. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, let me let me ask you this: Who who gets the most total points over the course of the season? Todd Gurley and Aaron Jones, or Alvin Kamara and Calvin Ridley? Mm, man. <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's maybe why it's such a good trade. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to tell, man. I, I think I would honestly probably hedge Gurley Aaron Jones. And I, and I think I like it for Alex because he got Alvin Kamara, and I still like like Calvin Ridley, even though he's been a bit up and down. But but I think like the only thing that I can figure that the Rams are doing is saving Todd for a stronger workload down the stretch. Yeah. So I think he kind of comes into his own. I think Aaron Jones, like he is who he looks like he is. Like he's an RB2 who's going to have some like, I don't know, 12 carry games, some 15 carry games, whatever. But like, like he'll he'll get some touchdowns. He'll be fine. But I think like just like as Todd gets better, I think, I don't know. I, I, I can see, you know, Todd and Aaron Jones returning a little bit higher rate than Alvin Kamara and Calvin Ridley. For sure. For sure. All right. Last trade, uh, Mason. Jake yeah, Davis it's, traded it's Michael big one. Thomas and Sony Michelle to Connor for Amari Cooper and Chris Carson. Woo, in the middle of Connor's wedding rehearsal. I mean, this has got <laughs> one of the most epic Sunday's finest moments ever. Mm -hmm. Got to tack on a blue ribbon right there. We're giving out all kinds of blue ribbons today, sure. but that deserves one, no doubt. Yeah. What do you make of this deal? Yeah, I think I saw Connor stand up on the table and yell something about Michael Thomas. I, I don't know. I couldn't hear him because he was basically roaring at that point. Um, but, yeah, I think he was stoked to get Michael Thomas, and I think rightly so. Now, here's here's what I'll say, and, and I've kind of gone back and forth on this trade. At first, I thought that it was, like, Connor by a country mile. I, I was like, what is Jake doing? I don't really understand this. Like, But if you look at the last two weeks – yeah. Amari Cooper and Chris Carson have combined for more points than Michael Thomas and Sony Michelle, and it's not close. Yep. Like Cooper and Chris Carson have been the better players over the last two weeks. So so far, Jake's got the better end of the deal. Um, what are you, what are your initial thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, you, you and I had joked about doing an emergency pod just to break down this trade. And uh, we were both hardcore feeling like Connor had won the deal. And yeah, now I'd say it's a lot closer than I thought. If not, maybe that Jake actually won the deal, at least for now. Um, again, Amari's playing really well. Chris Carson, as long as he can hold on to the freaking football, is actually pretty good. I think the, the overall thing here is there's three guys who are playing good football right now and one guy who has just been a total bust, and that's Sony Michelle. Um, so the fact that Jake kind of sold him when he did, I think was, was probably a good move. Um, he was a guy I was hoping we, Ryan and I could draft at the end of the uh, second round, start of the third mm-hmm. round. And we're just devastated that we didn't get. And yeah, dude's been pretty weak so far. I yeah, think he's, he's been cheeks. RB 46. Woof. Yeah, that's, Dude, that's woof. worse than I thought. Yeah, yeah, there's no receiving usage there, so he doesn't have a high floor. And then, like, obviously he's done something to piss off Bill Belichick because he doesn't even get the ball. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think at first I just looked at Amari and Michael Thomas and, like, compared them and went blind. Because I still think – I mean, I, and I still think this. I think that – like, I think Jake was valuing Amari a bit too high. The Cowboys literally played the three worst defenses in the NFL the first three games, the the Dolphins, the Redskins, the Giants. And so I think, like, obviously Amari's value has to come down from what he was producing in those games. But I think the thing that it actually hinges on is not MT versus Amari. I think it's Chris Carson. And I think, like – if Chris Carson keeps playing the way he is, and if he doesn't develop into a timeshare with Penny, which is what I thought might happen, um, then I think like, yeah, Jake's going to walk away feeling pretty good about this because he offloaded a guy with inconsistent usage and Sonny Michelle um, and got two guys that are playing good football. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Good stuff. Well, that's about all the time we got for you and I. We'll give one final blue ribbon to Jacob and Zach for spending $32 on Daniel Jones <laughs> when they already have two quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to I wanted to give this blue ribbon to you guys for spending 35 on DeMarcus Robinson on a team with three good wide receivers, but yeah, 32 for Daniel Jones when you have two QBs takes the cake. I think it's just hilarious. I don't know if they did this specifically just to troll Chase, but the fact that Chase wasn't able to get Daniel Jones was was pretty hilarious. So yeah, I, can, I can shake their hand for that one. I don't know what yeah. Daniel Jones put up. I couldn't even tell you. But, yeah, the fact that Chase uh, started Case Keenum pretty much won me a matchup. So yeah, thank you. Pass off to Jacob and Zach. Uh, good stuff. All right. And with that, we will bring on Trent Herbs. All right, so uh, here is a man who uh, needs no introduction. He is the uh, resident content creator, um, stats maven, um, and uh, Texan of the group. That is uh, Trent Erps. Trent, it's good to have you. What's up, fellas? Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, happy to have you. How are you feeling? How's uh, how's the season been going? What's been going on? Give me your thoughts. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a little bit of a whirlwind. It's been good. Uh, starting in week one as the favorite um, by both you guys, kind of unanimously, unanimously uh, the top team, and then put up a real real poor performance, hardly putting up 80 points. It was not a good way to start the season. Uh, and we've squeaked by. I think we were averaging about like 105, 106 points. But we're 2-2, two two, so things are going okay. 
not too bad. Yeah, man. At the end of the day, you're you're in it. I I think there's like almost a hundred point difference between you and Mason, and yet you're both two and two. So oh, yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, a dub is a dub. Uh, you'll need point differential later on in the season, but you guys are you're doing all right. I I definitely was a a big believer in you guys, and um, and still we Mason and I were discussing early on in the the pod about whether or not you guys will be able to to really still turn your team into a, a title contender. What what gives you hope about your squad right now? Yeah, so I think um, and you guys talked about a little bit on the first pod or the post draft pod. Um, our core is really solid. And so you look at like our quarterbacks, our quarterback, our top two wide receivers and our top two running backs. I mean, they're all top 12 players in fantasy through the first four weeks. Um, Elliot's coming on strong. He's going to, I feel like, continue taking the line share of that workload. Um, Tony Pollard had zero carries last week, which was a good sign, at least for both Hunter and I. Um, and then I think a lot of stuff is trending in the right direction for us. Going into the draft, I mean, I sat down and talked with Hunter, and both of us were perplexed. I had no idea, as I'm sure a lot of you guys did, with what to do with the tight end position. And I'm never one to really reach for a tight end early. Obviously, Kelsey's a stud, but he's not someone that I was looking to take with the fifth or sixth overall pick, whatever we Mm -hmm. had. Um, And so guys kind of fell later on, and I liked a few of them, but they kept kind of getting taken from us, taken from us a little earlier than we would have liked. So we just kind of held off, held off, held off. And at the very end, I knew Herndon was a guy that I really liked last year. Um, obviously, he has a suspension this year, but with a young offense, a struggling offense, they look for those dump offs a lot. And when Le'Veon Bell's taking a lot of the attention of the linebackers, I think uh, Herndon will be that guy to step into a decent role, you know, secure maybe seven or eight targets a game. Um, that's looking at pretty optimistically, but he's a guy that we took in the draft with really not giving up too much draft capital, taking him in like the last round. So it was a guy I was happy to get and then streaming tight ends hasn't worked out great for us, but again, we're sitting two and two. So, uh, it could be a lot worse. Yeah. It's pretty much dart throws at the tight end position. Um, I don't think you're the only one in that boat either. It'd be like one thing if you guys, you know, were the only people scrambling for a tight end, but I mean, it's it's barren out there, and even guys oh, yeah. that you know are just like bona fide, like oh yeah, let's lock in this guy. He's definitely a top ten tight end this week. Like they throw up stinkers all the time. So yeah, I mean, they, it's a hole, but it's also not as glaring what it would be if like you know like you had like a terrible RB two or like a terrible WR two mm-hmm. or whatever. So yeah, it's gonna get really interesting coming up these next few weeks when bye weeks start creeping up on teams and started throwing some of these disgusting third running backs on these rosters. I was looking at it today, and, and we're one of them. Uh, I think that's going to be a huge area of weakness when Elliot and Connor both go on their bye weeks. I don't know what the heck we're going to do. And I know <laughs> James Connor's kind of questionable with his ankle, I believe it is. So mm-hmm. if he has to sit out a week or two, we're going to be uh, pulling through a lot of trades or hoping an injury <laughs> somewhere else in the league comes through because we saved a lot of fab dollars. But – yeah. Other than that, I mean, it is desolate on the waiver wire. What, you guys uh, don't feel like you like Duke Johnson to start every week if somebody gets uh, hurt? You know, nothing nothing against Duke or the Johnson family, but no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that they're also, you're also out here playing uh, 40 chess while the rest of us are playing checkers and picked up Jay Ajayi, who currently is not on a football team. So, that, yeah, <laughs> that's... 
<laughs> we saw that as better than any other option at the running back position currently. Um, so that's saying something, isn't it? <laughs> somebody was saying last week he was back to 100%. So I was screaming, hoping that he'd get picked up by the Giants at some point, and that's probably not going to happen. So yeah. we'll just I'm hang on to real. him for another week. If anybody I, I... wants him, <laughs> shoot me a text, and I'd be happy to trade you. Well, I might hit you up because I, I read an article about how he his agent put out that he's ready to play, he's healthy. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so I pick, I opened the app, I typed in JHI, and you guys had already picked him up. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> that's how yeah. desperate it is. Yeah, yeah that's, that's how desperate it is, is. People are picking up guys that are like, yeah, man, if he like, you know, signs his first contract in more than a year right now, then I'll have a really good <laughs> exactly. like, play running back. Exactly. Well, I can't take all the credit for that because I saw Riley had picked him up, uh, and then I saw that he dropped him, so I was kind of like doing some quick research, trying to see what was up, and found like one decent article. I was like, okay, I'll take him. <laughs> That's really all it took. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's Riley's world. We're all living in it. We're just kind of trying to copy his 4-0 blueprint at this point. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now, and then uh, to wrap up our lineup, I think also our flex position is really nice as far as the players that we have that can complement um, from Cooks and John Brown, Debo Samuel, Deontay Johnson. It's kind of like who we think is going to have a big week, whose matchup we like, and we just kind of throw them in, hope for the best. And in a good way, we get a lot of points on our bench, but sometimes it doesn't pay out for us for the guy we choose in our flex position. But I'm optimistic for the rest of the season to kind of wrap up that question. But Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he'll you know, some dart throws at flex, sure. I mean, you guys will hit every now and then. Um, you mentioned Deontay Johnson. He's another guy that I like. I mean, obviously, somebody's got to step in and be the number two in Pittsburgh. Like, it yeah. doesn't look like the most lucrative position in the world right now with Mason Rudolph playing. But still, like, I mean, he's looked good the last two weeks. Um, yeah, after, after watching Monday night's game, I think, obviously, Jalen Samuels is a guy that people were going nuts over in waiver wire claims all across fantasy and – Connor had him on his roster already, so he was secured. But Deontay Johnson, I feel like, is another guy back-to-back weeks with a touchdown. Uh, he could be something special, especially while uh, Mason Rudolph's in there at quarterback. Yeah, yeah. man. Uh, one, one thing that I think has really made Sunday's Finest extra extra fun for me is getting to cone a team with Ryan. Um, it's just been awesome to be able to to chat with him and uh, bounce ideas off of each other. And it's a great way for us to catch up and stay in touch. What's it been like uh, co-owning a team with, with Buster? And, and what's it like co-owning a team um, uh, many miles away from your co-owner? I, I know what that's like a little bit, but how's the experience been for you so far? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first off, I, like a lot of guys in this league, am opposed to change within Sunday's Finest. I think it's awesome the way it is. I'm really hesitant to rule changes, really hesitant to adding new guys. So I totally understood the viewpoint from a lot of people when kind of this was first discussed. Um, beyond that, I think uh, the idea of like co-owning was not something that would ever cross my mind. Like I have friends that are into fantasy football, but it's wouldn't have been the right fit. And it wasn't something that I feel like would work great. Um, but obviously with Hunter, you know, rooming with Mason all throughout college and, you know, going to high school with all of us and being such a good yeah. friend. And a lot of guys that are in the league were in his wedding and vice versa. I think he was kind of like a no brainer person to add. And it was kind of one of these situations where, okay, when's an opening going to happen? When can you get in? When can you get in? Mm-hmm. And he kind of approached me with this idea. And I was hesitant to it at first, but at the end of the day, he's a guy that belongs in the league. He's one of my closest buddies and 
I've it has beyond exceeded my expectations um, what it'd be like to co-own and kind of bounce ideas off of it, kind of like was Jake was alluding to earlier. Yeah, man, he he's a great guy. Don't want to talk a rook up too much, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah. But definitely love Hunter. One of my favorite stories about him is that um, when we were in kindergarten, uh, we were in the same class as John Thompson and Jackson. Uh, and one day on the playground, the teacher found Hunter just like karate chopping me on the playground. Um, but I was like explaining to the teacher that he wasn't beating me up. He was just practicing his karate. And I, I can't recall whether in my small brain at the time I was actually terrified or whether I was actually cool with that. <laughs> yeah busters i mean busters obviously been a a great ad um i will say though trent and just let this be known that uh hunter and i had uh talked about kicked around the idea of of possibly co-owning so uh when i said no i don't want to uh another rookie on my team i don't want to go through that and send him packing he uh went uh crawling to your doorstep after that (laughs) i am i am well aware that He's my sloppy seconds that I'm picking up and taking alongside. He told me all about it, so don't worry. No hurt feelings. Oh, no, don't worry about it. Just don't want to make a rookie feel like we actually want him around. Yeah. That has to wait absolutely. until the second year, and then we can actually absolutely. start complimenting him. <laughs> no, that's too funny. But I do think, I mean, kind of going back to that whole idea of, like, what it's like and kind of give everybody else a little insight in, I think there's two, like, major aspects that change when you start co-owning. And one is – like, I love trash talking, and obviously it's joking. I never really take it too far further than it needs to go. But mm-hmm. trash talking to teams, especially when, like, you start taking a lead on a weekend or texting Mason or whoever we're matched up against and saying, mm-hmm. you know, oh, wait for this guy to go off or wait to see this or that. As fun as that is, it's a thousand times more fun to be texting. And this kind of goes back to what Jake was saying, being, you know, not in the same city, but kind of far apart to keep you together and in communication. It's a yeah. thousand times more fun to be texting someone and be like, dude, our guy's going off. We're about to win this game. We're so close. Sure. We're within five points, three points, two points, kind of going on and on and on like that. It's, uh, I don't know, it's been a blast for both of us to kind of squeak out those two wins that we've gotten thus far. Yeah. And then That's the, second, the second aspect that changes immensely is trading. Yeah. So obviously Jake and Ryan have won back-to-back, you know, negotiation awards at the Sundays, but – the trade talks and the like conversations behind the scene when it's not the three-way chat conversations or even four-way chat conversations that Hunter and I have, we end up talking ourselves out of every single trade. And <laughs> it might be because we were so high on ourselves after the draft that we don't want to get rid of these guys, but I kind of see it as a trend because of all the three co-owned teams, there's been zero trades thus far in the season. Yep. Which there haven't been a ton of total trades overall in the league. Uh, I think there was nine. The ninth one was pushed through today. Yeah, zero right. trades with the co-owned teams, I think, kind of goes to show that you're a little bit more methodical about your decision-making. I think guys in the league value players on their teams a little bit higher. There's a little bit of a bias there as well. Mm. But, yeah, I don't, I don't see us making too many trades throughout the season or right. seasons to come. 
Yeah, and simply put, you I mean, like, just from the outside looking in, you, you have to convince not one person, but two people. Like, it's hard enough for me to convince myself to do trades anyway, because I'm just, mm-hmm. like, so, like, buyer's remorse, like, oh, my gosh, am I going to regret this? I, like, I just, like, sweat over it and think about it. And then, like, you add another person in the mix of that, and it's, like, you know, it's not, like, the average of your all's thoughts. Like, you have to convince both of you that it's a good trade, and obviously that yeah. can be tough. Absolutely. Yeah, so I'm uh, switching gears a little bit. Obviously, you're the uh, resident content creator, and a good one at that. We have um, uh, former league members actually knocking on our door asking for, for how <laughs> we get this wonderful content. Um, so why don't you uh, give us a little insight on uh, what it takes to to create it and, and what it looks like? What does the creative process look like? Yeah, so obviously, um, day-to-day work that I do for a living, work a lot with Excel, um, kind of have for the last three-plus years now. Um and kind of picked up little tricks, little, you know, quirks about Excel, some fun stuff to do along the way. And thought it would be great to build some kind of template. Um, as fun as it is to look at ESPN stats and ESPN past, I think there was some stuff missing from it. So I just kind of birthed this brainchild of this statistic sheet and uh, just kind of kept going with it, kept rolling with it, took feedback um, from a lot of you guys. And um, it is what it is today. Um, the nice thing about it is it doesn't take a lot to maintain, mm-hmm. um, and it's pretty quick to get these updates out for it. Um, so obviously, you know, if anyone has any ideas or suggestions, I'm more than open to it. Um, I think the, there's a couple pages, the, the power rankings, as well as some stuff on the owner snapshot page, um, both were ideas from guys in the league that said, what if we did this? What if we made it like this or changed mm-hmm. that? Uh, I think Riley was one of the guys that came up and said, wouldn't it be cool if we had a like comprehensive like matchup history between owners to get like an all-time records going and was able to put that together. So, yeah, I mean, if you guys can come up with it or think it would be cool to add to it, um, I'm all for it. And uh, I think it only makes the league better. It's good. Yeah, man. I, I think what's also so cool is you're not just compiling like an incredible amount of data that makes uh, – the history of our league super fun, but you also turn it into some really just eye-catching uh, Instagram content that really pops. And I've seriously had a number of friends who have messaged me on Instagram when I've reposted stuff you've made and just been like, <laughs> this is insane. Like, your guys' fantasy football league is so sick. Who does this? How can I do this? Um, yeah, dude, tell us what's it like kind of taking some of these stats and this data and then and making it look really cool how do you get it? How do you take an idea and then start to actually put it to, to Instagram? Yeah, that's a good question. I think, um, not to brag on myself, but I've always kind of had it. that edge for art and kind of had that uh, creative instinct in me, I guess. Heck yeah. Um, and, and always kind of piece it together with sports and try to figure out what, what would be cool, what would be cool to like balance this together. Um, and Jake, you and I have had conversations in the past where you bounced off different statistic ideas and I've tried to work throughout it throughout the day yeah. and try and figure out the best way to make it look appealing and, and get, convey the message simply, but in a really unique way. Um, so, I mean, it's always been a passion and a hobby of mine. And I think, um, this is going back to college when me and a, a roommate of mine started a, uh, a t-shirt company and I would make all the designs for the, the pocket yeah. squares on the t-shirt and just, loved messing around with it and making these stupid goofy designs and then just kind of went from there and got more artistic with it and more serious with it um and yeah that's about it yeah that's good honestly totally forgot about the the t-shirt thing but yeah i can i can definitely see the beginnings of your 
um, your love for, for content creation, a little bit of graphic design, like seeing the roots of that and that. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's good stuff. It's also cool to see how there's, you know, like a, a collaborative environment to, uh, to yeah. the league. It's what makes this league so good and makes us all so excited to be in it is it's not just you cranking out images that you like, but it's also like other people giving input and that's what makes the, the league special and, and makes us, uh, come back every year. So excited for the, the season to start up again. But, uh, speaking of the, uh, NFL season, um, right now, your team, the San Francisco 49ers looks the part. 3-0, what's their outlook, and how do you feel about the rest of their season? So, and everybody's saying it. They've had a, they've had a really easy schedule this far, so I don't want to get too excited about it. But I'm looking at you, Steph. I do think they're <laughs> going to go 4-0 and and beat the Cleveland Browns on Monday night. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah, they'll be – in my projections, they'll be 4-0. and And this is the first time since, I think, 1996 when I was, like, two years old. And so – uh, this is a pretty big deal. Um, but if you kind of look past the numbers, you'll see really quick. Jimmy Garoppolo has looked absolutely horrible. Um, he's not someone I'm super excited about. I think he's just like barely been squeaking by. Um, doesn't really have absolutely any chemistry with any of our receivers, even though they're young, yeah. but can't seem to connect with Dante Pettis has nothing with Debo Samuel, um, but a couple like deep bombs. And then, I mean, George Kittle is really the only guy that he has any kind of chemistry with. But Kyle Shanahan in this whole, like, new age of football, I feel like, um, has really kind of revamped our running game. Um, even with Tevin Coleman's absence, I think our running back – I think – I'm pretty sure going into the bye week, we were the number one or number two with rushing yards per game, and there's production <laughs> across the board with the yeah. next three guys up. Um, mm -hmm. It's been something – Pretty special, pretty exciting to watch. And then more than that, what I've been surprised with and, and been loving is the defensive play. Yeah. Um, they're they good. notoriously, I mean, we've had a, a great secondary for years, but this year our run defense is just unbelievable. And, yeah, we've had weak competition, but we kept Joe Mixon to under 25 yards and then James Conner to under 50 yards. And back-to-back -back weeks, um, we've really tightened up that front course. So if it's we can – good. I think if we can keep Chubb to under, you know, 60, 70 yards this week, um, we should have a good chance at winning. But I, I hope that doesn't happen. Just yeah. going to be honest. But, uh, I understand. I, be well, I'm playing the 49ers that. defense this week. I think John's starting ah. them. So uh, going to be kind of pulling against myself that game. Right on. Well, yeah, man, you, I think they've got uh, the Cardinals twice on the schedule still, and yeah. I think the Redskins as well. So you're at least going to have six wins by the end of the season. Yeah, I've got them. I've got them going nine and seven. Um, they've got a tough schedule at the end. The early bye week kind of hurts them, kind of helps them because they had a few injuries. So obviously, Tevin Coleman will be able to get over his injury. Uh, Nick Bosa, who is injured on and off a little bit, is back. Uh, and then Pettis is back to 100% apparently. So it's nice to have that early bye week. But later in the year, we've got to play at New Orleans. We play Carolina. We've got some tough matchups that I just don't see, you know without a break week in there anywhere, I think it's going to be kind of tough and kind of bite us in the butt that we had that early buy. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jake, you want to move us uh, to yeah. your your own uh, little, uh, little brainchild right here? Yeah, enough of this football talk. Let's talk about the things that really matter, and that's potato oh, rankings. God. Yeah. <laughs> Trent, give us your top two 
styles slash cuts of potato. I know you got the list. What what do you what do you what do you high on? Okay, I'll just keep it short and keep it sweet. Okay. When I saw the list, the first one that stuck out to me was wedges. Whenever I go get wings, I always get wedges on the side. I'm not crazy about normal Dang. fries. If I get a burger, I usually don't ask for it with fries. So I think wedges is pretty much a clear cut number one for me. Dang. All Love right. that. Love that. All right. All right. Appreciate it. Now, number two. This was tough. I was between a few. I like the flavor of sweet potato fries, but the one that I went with was mainly for the nostalgia effect. And I was thinking about cow lunches, just like a lot of you guys. Oh, man. Those smiley fries. Yeah. <laughs> you submerge those guys in a little bit of ketchup. You put them horizontal, or no, you put them vertical into your mouth, and you bite down uh-huh. about halfway and just have the, the gushing roasted <laughs> potato Man. olive oil and i'm sure all like kinds of trans oh fat in gosh. there oh man there's nothing like it i've never wow. been so happy even when i won a fantasy football championship than this moment <laughs> right now i feel really connected to you trent herbs Thank yeah you. that is that is really bonding for you and mason right there it's true wasn't as high as you but we'll we'll leave that for another time yeah <laughs> all right trent we are going to conclude Episode number five of the Sunday's Finest Pod with a it's lightning like four, round, isn't it? Oh, episode four, episode five, yeah, number four. All right, well, whatever episode it is, we are going to do a lightning round with you, Trent Erps. Are you ready? I'm ready. Trent, what is the place that you most want to travel to? Ooh, uh, I really want to go to Canada. Mm. It's good. Banff, Banff, Canada. Yeah, there we go. That's a, that's a specificity I yeah. want. Um, yeah. In and out or Whataburger? Whataburger. Wow. All right, all right. I'm gonna head out. I'm the SpongeBob meme. I gotta <laughs> stay here. Get out it's of here. Tough. All right. It's tough. All right. Favorite childhood TV show? Oh man. Um. The hard one, man. I don't know. I like the classic Scooby-Doo. I didn't grow up with cable, so it's not a really fair question. I'll say that. <laughs> right, so I got right. to watch cable and went to my grandma's, and I loved like the Scooby-Doo <laughs> movies, I guess, or whatever the specials were on Comic- or uh, Cartoon Network. All right, Love it. Enough. All right. What was your uh, last Halloween costume? Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I went as uh, Jon Snow last year. Nice. 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 What? Uh, speaking of snow... <laughs> Oh god, this transition. What is your favorite ice cream flavor? God, that's so <laughs> bad. Oh, oh no. I'm a big soft serve vanilla guy. Keep it plain. Oh. Wow, also bonding between you and yeah, Mason. Trent, we're becoming best friends right here. Um <laughs> next one. Um say a word in Spanish. Any word. Que paso. <laughs> says two words. Yeah. Paso. That, that works. That works. Very good. Uh, have you ever worn socks with sandals? Yes or no? Uh, flip flops. Yeah. All right. To take my dog out every night. So yeah. Very good. Yeah. Absolutely have to. Um. All right. If Voldemort offered you a hug, would you accept? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, are you a Slytherin? Are you a Slytherin? Kurt? Uh, no, but I've only seen like four episodes uh, or I guess movies okay. of uh, Harry Potter. So Fair enough. don't hold that against yeah. me. That's all right. All right, Trent, if uh, th- this is a this is just a moral question. 
Is double dipping at a party ever acceptable? <laughs> uh, I don't have a big problem with it. I'm not a big hygiene guy, but uh, yeah, I can see an issue if someone saw me doing that where I'd have an issue with myself. So, uh, double yes, dipping. I'll say I'll Straight say it up. is a problem to not discuss anybody that's listening right now. Uh, okay yeah well straight in i'm straight in for double dipping so everyone can judge me if they want to (laughs) um and then finish this statement it's our last question for you finish this statement two cooks in the kitchen will finish in blank place this year in sunday's finest number one mark it down yeah wow where right. It's marked down. It's marked down. You will be held accountable for your yeah, That's fine. That's fine. I can't really say anything other than that. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Got to believe in yourself. Got to believe in yourself. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's all the time we've got. Um, it's Perfect. been a good pod. Uh, Trent, just want to say thank you for coming on again. Oh, thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, Absolutely. It's been a good conversation. Really enjoyed it. Uh, Jake, any final words? Uh, I think that is it. Mason, you want to send us off? Yeah, sure. So uh, for all you frogs out there, um, <laughs> good luck this weekend, and we'll see you on the mat. We'll, 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 we'll hop. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Party like a Saturday night.